This is episode 18 of the Nestlepreneur Podcast, produced by Stem Media. Let's get it. Listening to the Nesbypreneur Podcast, where we share information and inspiration to help make your dream become a reality. Do you have a big idea? Looking to take your business to the next level? Then look no further. You have come to the right place. And now, here's your host, Nehemiah Mabry. Hello, everybody. So happy that you took the time to join us again here on the Nesby from Newer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nehemiah Mabry, and today I have another great guest with me. I am joined with, or by, I should say, Angela Pitter. How are you doing today, Angela? I'm really good. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for coming on and agreeing to drop a little knowledge here on the Nesby from Newer Podcast. I appreciate it being invited. Thank you for the invitation. No problem. A technologist at heart, Angela connects people with technology in a humorous and non-intimidating manner. Angela is the founder and CEO of Livewire Collaborative, a social media consultancy. Their services include social media training for corporations or organizations, one-on-one executive coaching, social media analysis, as well as strategy development and implementation for mid-sized businesses. Additionally, Angela has trained several hundred professionals on hot topics such as how-to, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and there's an app for that. Prior to LiveWire Collaborative, Angela spent the past 20 years in high-tech and brings extensive experience leading global teams and products to market. Angela has spoken at the Massachusetts Conference for Women and was featured on the TV series Our World. She holds a master's degree in administration and a bachelor's degree in computer engineering. Wow. Angela, I must say that I am excited about this this conversation because you have a background in STEM, you have uh, a background in administration and management, and then you run a social media consultancy. Yes. Before we get into all that, though, I, I want to know, before we dig into that, could you share just a random uh, fact about yourself, something that is just kind of fun for our audience to know about? Um, I don't like to spend money. <laughs> what? Nobody finds better bargains than me. I am the <laughs> researcher and bargain hunter extraordinaire. That would be me. <laughs> wow. So do you coupon or like you get those sell things out of the mail and kind of go through them? I, I do do coupons, but I, I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm the, um, the car dealership's worst nightmare. Because <laughs> you've done all your homework and your research. I've done all the homework. I've come in. I've gotten all the prices. And I really don't want to pay anything more than he pays. Mm-hmm. So now, does this mean that you are a saver or not necessarily? No, I am a saver. And actually, okay. um, that, when we when get into the business conversation, um, I think, you know, in terms of advice, I want to get ahead of myself. But that's one of the things that's going to help a, a business owner. Okay. Okay. Well, why not? Um, let's go right into that then. But first, can you go ahead and share a little bit about your educational background? I mentioned that you have a bachelor's in computer engineering, then you went to administration, and now you're an entrepreneur. Can you kind of share about how that path academically kind of began and, and was led? So I actually grew up in New York City, and I went to one of the exam schools. I attended Bronx High School of Science, so I was 
naturally be predisposed to, you know, math and science. But I remember, and I guess it was my junior year in high school, I went to one of those, you know, college fairs, and I don't remember all the specifics, but I just remember there was somebody at the table, and they were talking about computer engineering. And, like, as soon as I just heard it, I was done. I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And so I was, like, one of those, you know, kids that left college, and that left high school actually entering college, sort of deciding that that was my major and that's what I was going to do. And I went to BU and majored in computer engineering and was all she wrote. I mean, I was sold early on. <laughs> was it was it a disappointment or did you really enjoy it all through college? Did you... So engineering, as you know, <laughs> is yeah. not an easy discipline. No. Um, so it was definitely hard because part of my issue was going to an exam school where everybody is smart I just really never really learned to study mm-hmm. and kind of took all, you know, getting A's for granted mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting A's that. in school and getting A's in, in a computer engineering program in college mm-hmm. is two totally, entirely different things. Absolutely. So, you know, I learned the hard way. <laughs> you yeah. have to study. <laughs> when you have mechanics, you have to study. <laughs> you can't fly by the speed of your pants. Absolutely. I saw a meme recently when you said it says, like, I remember when I was in high school, I was smart and lazy. Now I'm mm-hmm. just lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the smart, you know, you really got to study. It isn't handed to you. So I've had my own experiences. And so um, for yep. the students, students listening, hey, that is normal. And so get up and study. <laughs> yep, yep. Get up and study. Can't party all night. You got to yeah. study. <laughs> yeah. So that master's, though, what you decided to kind of veer towards yeah, your so, business. Yeah, you know, I was in engineering. And, you know, again, when you, you're in high tech, everybody's smart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, as a female and an African-American female, I, I realized quick, real quickly that it was going to take a lot of work to sort of, you know, climb, you know, the ladder, so to speak. So I, I went back and, you know, got my master's because the other thing I realized is, you know, there's a lot of competition in engineering. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem there was as much competition in, in management. Okay. And, you know, i am always been one of those people that kind of, I like to tell people what to do. I don't like people <laughs> telling me what to do. So so that's what I did, and it actually kind of worked because after I I went, got my master's, then I went into sort of um, a program management role um, in technology, which um, was I was definitely much better suited for. Gotcha. Now I'm going to venture to guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that this was sort of pre the social media boom. Am I right? Definitely. Definitely. When (laughs) I started. I actually, my um, engineering team was the first group to work on the compact disc. Mm. It was a a collaborative with Digital Equipment Corporation, um, Sony, and Philips. Wow. CDs. (laughs) CDs. So basically you were on the early phases of CDs. Okay. And now now CDs are essentially obsolete in a sense. It's all about... (laughs) That is something. So this is is why I'm so fascinated in what you do. So you are a social media expert right now and Mm -hmm. you began your career when this stuff wasn't even like... I'm not going to say it wasn't thought of, but it it, it wasn't commonplace. What was the kind of the, the beginning for you First of all, getting acquainted with it, and then second of all, looking at it and saying, hmm, this is something I could do to actually make money and leverage entrepreneurially. So, interesting enough, after spending, I would say, it was 25 years in high tech, when I finally did leave, I decided I was done. And I really was thinking about a lot about education, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about um, um, healthcare. 
Um, but as I sort of did more research, it was like those are really the two places where there's the least amount of technology. So I didn't want to be in high tech, but I did want to use uh, use technology in a different industry is what I was really trying to do. Okay. Um, but I really kind of still ended up settling on education, but what I, it was a different way. So what I actually did is I ran for school committee, um, school board in my city. Okay. Um, and so, but through that process, I realized this sort of just the, the sort of the, the whole campaigning process. Mm-hmm. Um, I quickly realized that there was no way I was to be able to shake the hands of 90,000 res- residents <laughs> and kiss all those babies. Right. I mean, it's just physically <laughs> impossible. Right, right. So, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do Facebook. <laughs> Mm, and that's okay. how I did it. I, you know, ran the campaign, you know, using Facebook and other things, but Facebook was definitely, at the time, the primary um, method that I used to sort of reach the constituents in my city. And once my campaign was done and I, um, I went into office, I actually started working with other political and, um, campaigns at the local level for, like, the next couple of years. Uh-huh. And then I said, you know what, enough of this political stuff really who needs to use this are these businesses around here. And, and mm-hmm. right at the time, um, a colleague of mine um, became mm-hmm. the um, executive director for their for my chamber, Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, I said, well, you know, I'm starting the social media business, so I want to work with the businesses here at, you know, that are members of the chamber, you know, sort of demonstrating how this all works. So that's how it kind of all took off. I started doing workshops at the at – the, um, for the businesses at the Chamber of Commerce, and, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah. So there's something I want to point out about, you know, that story to our listeners, and that is you never know how, you know, a solution that you found for yourself could be something that someone else would pay you for. You know, mm-hmm. you said that you were, you know, using this for yourself as you were running for office, and it worked, obviously, because you got into office. But then you began to see how, hey, I'm not the only person that could use the solution for what I'm trying to accomplish. And so you were able to go and take what you learned and what you applied and what you had proof was effective and then market it as something that you could offer to other people. And, man, if you could do it, how much more can, you know, I say this millennial generation, many of us who are, you know, we're natives to technology. It's it's essentially, you know, when something new comes out, it doesn't take us any time to learn how to do it. But businesses and corporations, on the other hand, are like scrambling, trying to get their wrap their hands around it, trying to understand um, mm-hmm. and, and we just kind of take it for granted. And so I, I like that you, you looked at that and you said, you know, I can go out and, and make things happen for me entrepreneurially. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's so, it. That was, that was it. It's all she wrote. I mean, you know, like, you know, we, we, we joke about the whole CD story, but websites mm-hmm. were the same way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, once upon a time, but now a website is a given. Everybody says, Oh, so what's your website? What's your website? <laughs> right. Now we're past the website thing. The next thing is now. So, you know, what social media sites are you on? Right. I mean, that's, right right so can you tell me this then because um you know we could talk about how you could turn things that you know your knowledge and things you're good at into a business but how did you begin to pitch that to people like i'm sure there are people who still for whatever reason didn't see social media as valuable when you found yourself you know officially marketing it and trying to tell potential clients that you could help them what 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 were the words what what is I mean, not the worst you would say, but what are things you do say when you kind of pitch what you can provide to someone? So there's sort of, I guess, there's two types of clients for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. There's clients that kind of really 
get what it does for you, mm-hmm. but don't know how to make it work for them. So that's okay. one conversation. And then there's the other clients that just really don't get it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so with the ones that really don't get it, I mean, you it's a really <clears throat> an educational process. You kind of really got to show them um, mm-hmm. case studies of other similar businesses in their industry that are working it. Right, and so it's, it's, it's almost like you know I'm from Missouri. So I got to, you got to really. I mean, especially somebody who, because what I find is, is um, especially in my city, there's a lot, a lot of businesses, but these are literally really established businesses. They've been around for 20 years, 20 plus years, right? Uh-huh. And the majority of their services are coming in through referrals. Okay. So right. it's almost like okay, you know what? I've been going this long without it, right? Mm-hmm. So. Is a, a, a conversation of them. So right. why do I need it? What is it going to do for me? Right. right. So you really got to figure out what the client's pain point is. Like, so what haven't you been able to do? Where do you want to expand? Mm-hmm. What additional services or product lines? Plan? So maybe this is an opportunity for you now to do a different method mm-hmm. to reach that audience um, or even a different audience with that product. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point because, you know, my, my personal opinion when it comes to social media and those who are like, you know, we're already having our clients coming in. Why would I get on social media when I really already have the clientele? And my view on that is simply you may have the clientele now, but another person could come into your exact same industry and build a brand so much stronger by their use of social media and these mark, new mm-hmm. marketing methods and then overtake your market share. And so, exactly. sure, exactly. sure. You, yeah. Time, imagine, remember when the, you know, everything, the, the stock market dropped 2008, how many mm-hmm. people were unemployed laid off mm-hmm. 2009. Um, how are you then um, going to, you know, sustain, you mm-hmm. know, your existing business and, and, and in fact, try to still, you know, well, I should even say, I wouldn't say even moving forward at that point, a lot of people were just trying to it's keep the roof. Dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. And, and, and your brand is kind of the one of the things that you have, you know, rain, sleet, or snow. And that's right. what this is all about, you know, strengthening that right. brand. Um, right. right. One of the things you say that you, you do in your bio is that you do social media analysis. And so mm-hmm. what exactly does that entail? And, and how do you charge for something like that? Do you just basically okay, say, hey, so I'll, the, I'll, yeah, go ahead. So here's the, the other thing is the, the other side of the coin is those people that kind of know, know they need social media mm-hmm. and kind of think they also know what, they need mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know and those are the people that you they, they started the facebook page but they got three followers and they're <laughs> like well i can't make this work I'm like what's going on mm-hmm, so you really mm-hmm. need to take a step back so i mean with every business you know you you scan the landscape and you, you know you see what the need is and it's the same thing with social media in your business right you, you take a step back you look at your online presence i mean what happens when i google the business owner what happens when i google the business Right. Mm-hmm. What do I find? Do, do I find you on the first page of Google? Because that's number one. Because so people aren't going to go to, you know, there's the tabs at the bottom that will take you to number two, number three, number four. <laughs> people aren't doing all of that. They're, mm-hmm. they're doing that five-second scan. They're going to Google your name. And, they, you know, if you're not coming up, your website's not coming up, they're going to wonder what's wrong. Why is mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Or the other side of that is negative things come up. I remember a client, they actually had reviews that were written about them like a year before that they didn't even know were out there and clearly hadn't obviously responded to. Mm. So your reputation is at stake. Right. Or you have the other scenario where, you know, information about you from years past, example, drunk driving records 
are coming up on the first page of Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you now, you know, what do you need to do to turn all of that around? Right. That's, so that's the whole analysis. What, where are you today? And then the other part of this is then, well, where do you want to go? Gotcha. What are your business goals? What are your objectives? Who's your audience? Who, what are your demographics? Because the problem with um, the other issue with social media is because there's a lot of it. Like, do I need to be on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram? Like, you know, they're like, as soon as they start reeling off the names, I already right. can tell they're overwhelmed. Right. So you right. kind of got to pull it back. It's like, mm-hmm. no, what's your primary? What's your secondary? What is, what's the demographics of the audience? Because, for example, Facebook is getting older. I mean, grandparents yeah. are on Facebook. Definitely the aging up. Mm-hmm. Teens and teens are off. They're on Instagram. They're doing Snapchat. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where's your audience? So you don't necessarily need to necessarily be every place all the time. You need to really figure out what's your primary and then perhaps what's your secondary. If you get those two working really well, then maybe you want to look at another third option. But you've got to definitely crawl before you can run. And that's where people kind of get caught up trying to do too many things at once. Okay. So quick question, and then I'm going to ask you a few, I guess, specific social media questions. But from a business business model standpoint of what you do, um, mm-hmm. I, I understand, you know, people are hired to do workshops and that's kind of a, a tried and true business model, but what, what are the metrics or what are the deliverables rather that people are actually exchanging, you know, their funds for Like, are you giving them a report? Are you guaranteeing them a certain turnaround in the number of followers? Like how, how are you basically measuring what you provide for them and how are they knowing that you actually did, did some work? So, I mean, there's a number of ways, and it depends on the work, but, you know, once, once, once the, the other reason for doing that initial analysis, because then that's your baseline, right? Okay. So you know right away, you know, okay, you know, I'm on showing up on page four of Google. I only got two followers. You know, you, you have a baseline. Mm-hmm. So over time, you can go back, and now you can track, do I have how many followers do I have month over month, quarter over quarter, year over year? Mm-hmm. Um, am I now showing up? Is my SEO better? Am I now moving from the fourth page of Google to the first page of Google? Um, what's my reach? Um, did I reach 10,000 people? Did I reach a million people? Did I engage? How many people are sharing my content? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what happens on social media is, is not the quick, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to go viral. I mean, going viral is like winning the lottery ticket, right? It just almost never happens. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is build that know, like, and trust funnel. So mm-hmm. it takes time. If you're really thinking about that quick, oh, I need to see something in 30 days, you're not going to see anything in 30 days. Gotcha. Because it's almost like you have, it, and, it's, and you have to be consistent and you have to be able to repeat it. Because once you're doing that, then you can now look at the data and say, okay, that didn't work so well. Let me do, tweak it a little bit, do it a little bit different. Okay. I mean, it could sometimes be as, as minute as, the color on the background. So you really have to do a lot of testing over and over. Eventually you'll figure out what your parameters are and that's the ingredients you're gonna use moving forward. Yeah, but so there's a lot of science around it, which is I guess why I like it so much because it's a lot of like it was like, oh it's an art knowledge. So there really is a science to this. Gotcha. Um is a social science. (laughs) You as an entrepreneur though, do you charge I mean and not to you know, you don't have to share anything you don't feel comfortable sharing mm-hmm. but like what are you like are you performance based in terms of how you get paid by clients I, charge, it... I, I so I started out charging by the hour and I okay. primarily continue to charge by the hour mm-hmm. but I also have just recently started to introduce um, different types of packages so one of the packages for example that whole assessment mm-hmm. I'm starting 
to offer that as a package. Okay. Gotcha. So at the end of that assessment, I'll do the whole full online assessment, which includes your website, your social sites, everything, the SEO. Mm -hmm. That's a package. You get a report. And then at that point, you could have a conversation. All right. About if, here's your landscape. Here's what everything looks. Here's the opportunity, frankly. Mm -hmm. And then we can, you know, we can at that point, you could kind of take it, run with it, do everything yourself, or we can work together, put together the strategy, which would be another package. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to go into going from the hourly to sort of um, a phase package approach. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, and I'm I'm look out for you all, listeners. <laughs> I, I would like some advice if you can provide. And, and, this question, just to set this up, we know that now there is just so much content out there. There's just, mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Twitter, every time you refresh, the tweet you just posted is now like 10 tweets down the feed. And it's like mm -hmm. uh, just an inundation of content across the web, across the, the mobile social networks and everything. And so could you share just, just some quick advice as it relates to getting or cutting through the noise and being noticed. If someone was saying, I want to start now and I want to, I want to be noticed, you know, not necessarily be viral, but I want, I want to be noticed. I don't want to get looked overlooked. You know, how would one go about making sure that they get noticed? So there's a couple of things. So one thing with the content mm -hmm. is the 80, 20 rule, right? So it's literally 80% you're sort of resharing other content, okay. right? So that's one way you're getting noticed because, if you're sharing good content, people keep coming back to you because they know you're putting out good content is not crap. Plus the content that you're sharing, say you're sharing good content from a set of good influencers out there. So even though you may have a hundred followers, maybe you're the influencers, the content that you're sharing, mm -hmm. they have 10,000 followers. They're going to notice that you're consistently sharing their content as well. Gotcha. So that's okay. one thing, and that's one way you also expand your reach as well, is by sharing good content, especially good content from other thought leaders and influencers out there. Yeah. Now, that other 20%, now that's your stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you got to put that out there, but you cannot be out there, me, 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 me all the time. People don't care about you. Mm -hmm. They want to care. They care about solving their problem. Now, if you can solve their problem with your stuff or you can solve their problem with somebody else's stuff, they don't care. They want their problem solved. Right. So that's one thing. So one of the things, one of the ways you find that good content to share is there's a tool called BuzzSumo. Okay. B-U-Z-Z-S-O-M-O. And literally, you could type in any topic. You could say the best, you know, top 10 tips on Twitter. And it's going to show you um, the free version will show you, I think it's um, the free will give you like maybe 20, a list of 20 articles. And so what it is is the list of the 20 most shared articles. Mm -hmm. So the most shared articles are the best articles because right. they were the most shared. They're working. Right? Yeah. Those work. So those are the articles you're going to share. And in fact, if you decide you're going to write your own article, you probably want to look at those that were most shared and then think about what's the added value advice that those articles didn't cover that you're now going to put out there. Gotcha. So that's also a starting point for you when you're thinking about the content you want to develop and create. Gotcha. That is extremely valuable, listeners, and I hope you all were writing that down. 
or that you pause and go back and listen to that again. Thank you for, so much for sharing that, Angela. And and, I, and I'm curious too when it comes to what you do. Like you're kind of in a weird meta kind of place. So you're a social media consultant, but you also have a business. So there's marketing involved in your business, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that you use social media to kind of find clients. And so I'm interested. Is there any challenge that? And it doesn't necessarily have to be with social media, but a challenge that you find uh, you face or faced early on as it relates to you now dif- differentiating yourself from the other people that consider themselves social media consultants as well. So the best thing I did was actually started my um, that connection, that relationship with the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Because by doing the workshops, that's how I made people believers. Got you. So when they came to the workshops and saw the type of content and the you know the tips and the tricks and the process and develop all that how to, mm-hmm. that's what made them believers because right. now they kind of went through two hours or sometimes it'll be four hours through the workshop and they kind of you know again building that whole no like trust, right? And then you get the conversion. So, so you establish yourself. My marketing really a lot of it comes through doing those workshops in different places. I love it. I love that because that's another thing like you just kind of demonstrated and, and showed that even though social media is a big part of business nowadays, that doesn't like get rid of live events. It doesn't get rid of actually putting yourself in front of people and allowing them to see who you are and establishing yourself as authority in real life, living color. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's great. So it kind of supplements the two kind of go hand in hand. And uh, I like that. I like that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And you need a surprise. I mean, so, you know, again, you got to know sort of your audience, the demographics, and and so what I found like is I you know, going back to what I you know a lot of these businesses around my where I live are mm-hmm. pretty established, mm-hmm. and so while we all love all the social media, all this online stuff, a lot of them still love um, good old post mail, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff that comes in the mail. So when I do some of these courses. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, there's an adult education center. They actually do mailings. They mail books to every household. And they have the books at, like, every bank and every business in the town. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I saw your workshop in the book, and I always forget, you know. So even though the, right. the catalog is online, a lot of people get it in the mail or pick it up at the bank or the grocery store so it you know it's just you know it just goes to show you know that you know some of this old school stuff is still out there and it still works. So right. don't just discount it. Don't discount it. Look at look at it as a uh, social media as an added area, yeah. an added skill area, skill set. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. Well, Angela, we're coming to down our our last uh, segment of the interview, and man, I'm looking at the time like wow, we actually been talking uh, for about thirty minutes almost, but. I want to ask you um, one of our favorite questions here on the podcast, and that is when it comes to you thinking about, you know, when you started your company, if we had a time machine and you were able to get in that time machine and go back to the younger Angela prior to, let's say, a year before you actually decided to take the leap entrepreneurially, what quick, and when I say quick, I mean just a few seconds, piece of advice would you give that younger self um, before you had to hop back in the time machine and come back to the present? Um... I, I think it would be even, you know, I was, you know, I would say probably I was a, a, a above average saver, but, you know, to be even a more a, exceptional saver and organized. 
because when you get those ebbs and flows as a business owner, um, if you know you have that cushion and you're you know well organized and mm-hmm. have a good and definitely have that business plan, solid plan mm-hmm. to fall back on, like you know you said, I mean, think of those those some of those days like when the phone is not ringing, like what the heck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That to, I mean, that's you know, to have that plan together as soon as possible, mm-hmm. to have that plan together, and to definitely have that solid bank account behind you because you, you, the, the lenders are not always as much as you want, to, you know, then definitely not, it's not easy to get money to build a business, right? Right, and I'm writing that down, I'm writing that down right now, Angela, because. I know exactly what you mean. And our last podcast interview was speaking about that too, those off season times where, you know, <laughs> you're feasting and the next thing you know, it's famine and you got to make mm-hmm. sure you, you're prepared to go through those, those times yep. of drought. Uh, and I, I'm glad that you pointed out financially being one of those areas. So hopefully if you had the opportunity, your younger self would actually listen and from the sounds of it, I think you've done a pretty good job. Thank you. Yeah. So what book and or resource, so I'm just gonna say book and resource would you recommend um, the listeners check out for those who are, you know, searching for ways to better run their business? In addition to Buzz Sumo, you've already given one great resource. Right. What so other? I, uh, oh, I don't do because I'm a, 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 because the nature of the business. I'm a social media. If everything changes, I blink and something's totally different. <laughs> so you know, I just when you know people are like, oh yeah, I saw this book on Twitter. Like, why would you ever buy a book? It's going to change right. by the time. <laughs> By the time we, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, yeah. Right. So I don't do books, but there's a there's you know there's a, a number of great online resources. So one of my standbys is so there's a site called um, socialmediaexaminer.com. www.socialmediaexaminer.com. Okay. www. It's like they have the best best. They're like the marketer's best friend. Mm-hmm. Anything that changes on any of those social sites, they have great articles that come out every single day. Um, so from a social media standpoint, that's sort of my go-to guide on a daily basis. But mm-hmm. in terms of actual um, other resources, the the chamber, I can't speak enough, I mean, of your chamber of commerce. I mean, if you think about it, it's a natural place to go because all those other businesses, they've been there, done that, right? Mm-hmm. So why reinvent the wheel? You know, there's just so many resources in your chamber just simply going to a networking event and just ask a lot of questions and figure out how they figure out how they've done it. And, and along the same lines, um, the SBA, you know, every city has a score organization. Mm-hmm. I would definitely out those, those folks because, again, those are folks that, you know, the score especially, they're the retirees, they built their businesses, and they're, they're, their only job in life is to pass on all that knowledge. Yeah. So take advantage of it. I know those that are listening are extremely uh, grateful for what you're providing. Um, so coming to the end of our interview, again, I can't believe how fast this went. But if you could share um, kind of how our audience could get in touch with you, look up more of what you do, perhaps even hire your uh, <laughs> hire your assistants with their social media and their business. And then um, after you do that, if you would share one of your favorite quotes with us, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. So, of course, go to my website, um, livewirecollaborative.com, all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, hit me up on Twitter, you know, Angela, at Angela Pitter is my handle, hashtag AxAngela. So if you have a question, if I see a tweet with hashtag AxAngela, rest assured I will get back to you. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. And it's also, you know, Angela Pitter, you'll find me there. Um, 
those are really the two best places, um, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn, to connect with me and check out my website. Um, my favorite quote I like to always say is, um, too much is given, much is required. I don't waste your talents. Everybody has a natural talent. Use it. There you have it, listeners. You have a responsibility to use your talent. And, of course, all of the great value that Angela has provided on this episode can be found in the show notes over at stemmedia.org. So please go over there and check it out. Also, take some time to give us a rate and a review on iTunes or whatever platform you may listen to the podcast. Angela, I want to say thank you so much for taking this time. Uh, man, questions that I know uh, people have in their minds are popping up. And so um, hopefully someone will reach out to you soon to, to connect and continue to follow your, your great work. Well, thanks again for having me. I really enjoyed the show, and I look forward to communicating with all of your audience. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love for you to come and join us again next time. In the meantime, please do us a couple of favors. One, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other platform you might find us on. And two, rate and leave a positive review so we can know what you think of the show. And finally, spread the word. Tell your friends and family that they can join us right here on the Nesbypreneur Podcast.